FM Breakfast Show with the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson. Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You're listening to Faith FM right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88. And you're in the studio this morning again, not with <laughs> Lyle and Lawson, but with... It's mine. Good morning. Mine again. <laughs> hey, wait, you were supposed to not be here. <laughs> mine bad. Well, actually, Lyle's bad. No, nah, yeah, of course, actually. Sausage, he's sick. <laughs> Dude, these guys, Shell and Lyle, come on. <laughs> Like, you just, just... Hang out on them. People can't help but when they get sick. Oh, well, I mean, sometimes they can, but they, I don't yeah. think in this case. I was making the joke, like, when I walked in the studio this morning. Because, you know, I got the text message, hey, Lyle can't come in, da 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 And um, obviously, Shell was sick earlier in the week. And Lyle got back from ministers' meetings yesterday. And I walk in the studio, I'm like, you just couldn't keep your hands off him, could you? <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow, like he gets home and, you know, and then bam, now he's all sick. And, and you're blaming the woman. I see how yeah, this works. That, that's how it goes. Yeah, that's right, right that's right. Yeah, get, get, become outraged. I don't care. Uh, no, this isn't me making fun of women. This is me making fun of, this is me blaming Shell. Like, and I do it because I love her. But, uh, hey, what are you grateful for this morning? I, I'm so grateful that I actually made it here on time because I, I did get the call <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this morning while I was dead asleep mm. and uh, and somehow still managed to wrangle a shower in time. So praise the Powerful Lord. Powerful yeah, stuff. Yeah. How about you? What are you grateful for? I am grateful. Oi, I'm finishing the show. I'm getting in my car and I'm driving oh, yes. to the snow. I'm so stoked. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And right now, we are getting into our Bible study. No, we're not. Man, I'm <laughs> Wow. You, it's you were thinking I, about that I, Wi-Fi. I am, no, I'm checked out. Like, You're I already on your way down a ginger vine. Fully ready to go. But, uh, hey, let's... <laughs> man. Let's have our first question for the quiz. <laughs> We're going to have so much fun today. Okay, first question for the quiz. I am scrolling up trying to find the top of the quiz. Um, oh, yeah. nope. I'm in the 8th of January. Wait, sorry. I have to... Wait, find... where are you looking? I'm... No, no, no. Go to... to go... Going down. <laughs> you're in the wrong section, Monica. You're in... You're in... Oh, okay. Here yeah. we go. All right. <laughs> I'm on the wrong... Thank you, producer Shell, for jumping in there and saving me. Okay, question number one. Mm-hmm. Where was Peter and Andrew living when Jesus called them to follow him? Ooh. Where were Peter and Andrew living when Jesus called them to follow him? 0491-064-669. Oi, today we have our draw. Oh, yeah, that's right. How exciting. I love so it what's our draw. prize? Oh, so we're going to do the, yeah, the gift set, the double the double books uh, in, the, in the devotional gift set. Mm-hmm. It's uh, The Hope of Glory, which is written by... Um, John Bradshaw, which is a complimentary mm. book to Our High Calling, which is written by E.G. White. And so one's a morning devotional, one's an evening devotional. It's a wonderful gift set. Really, oh. really beautiful, actually. Amazing. Yeah. So if you can answer one of the next five questions correctly, you can st- you still have time to go into the mm. draw. And then we'll do the, the wheel spinny hat draw thing uh-huh. yeah, later on. And then we're going to give it away today. Yes. And Very that exciting. question was, where was... Where were Peter and Andrew living when Jesus called them to follow him? Awesome. 0491-064-669. I have a question for you, Monica. 
What's happening in the world of positively different news? Okay, I have a really cute story, actually. Okay. So it turns out um, <laughs> rewarding people for doing the right thing is much more effective than punishing when they do the wrong thing. And that has really? been... Yeah, yeah, rewarded. Whoa, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's been found out in this village in Britain where they uh-huh. were really struggling with speeding, speeding motorists. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, 90% of the drivers going through this village... Um, just sped, would not mm-hmm. slow down. And so they've been trying to figure out for a number of years uh, how to get them to just slow down already. Mm. And uh, they put up signs and they put up, you know, deterrence and those little, you know, those you know those little things that clock your speed and they do like a mm. frowny face if you're going too fast. Nothing was working. Then during the pandemic, uh, the village decided to plant flowers all along the highway uh, through the road that goes through their village uh, to help with biodiversity and also with like depression and anxiety um, during the pandemic, just to do something nice to, to, you know, help out. And it turns out that drivers are slowing down of their own accord because they want to rubberneck at the flowers. They're like, oh, pretty flowers. And so oh. they literally just slow down to look <laughs> at the flowers. This is so cute. And, you know, wildflower meadows are really beautiful, especially in Britain. There's something about mm. wild meadow flowers over there. And so it's like it's acting as like a natural speed trap, and uh, and yeah, and so drivers are slowing down to look at them. This is a village of Long Newton in Gloucestershire, and mm. um and yeah, and they found <laughs> they found a really great difference with this. And apparently, apparently they did a little bit of testing. They discovered that people will slow down and start looking around a bit more when they think they're going into an area that's really well looked after. Mm. So they've decided to ramp this up. They've stopped putting funding into like signs and speed cameras and that kind of stuff. And they're putting more money into getting seeds and planting flowers <laughs> and getting like gardeners, horticulturists mm. to figure out which, which, which wildflowers will grow best on the side of the road. And they're, <laughs> they're planting them up and letting them grow. And people are just naturally like hitting the brakes to like, have a gander. Wow, look at this. Yeah, look at all the colours. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would totally do it too. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, 100%. I would love to see this introduced Australia-wide. <laughs> Let's just Dude, yes. Take away <laughs> speed cameras. <laughs> yeah. And just plant some pretty flowers. Yeah. I would, it would work on me, that's for sure. Mm. I <laughs> Lawson's not so sure. I am uh, like I think like I love beautiful flowers, but I'm like, oh, do I love beautiful flowers enough to flow? You know, I think if you had them on the scale that this village has done them, where they're okay. really just like it's they're like clumped together and it's like huge bunches yeah, that's on them. Right. So it's you know it's you know you know how sometimes when you're driving through um, a town where there's a festival happening and mm. they've decorated everything like the the street lamps and the yeah. signposts that kind of thing. And this isn't like the freeway either. The, well, Britain's a bit different with the way they do their their motorways. Mm. Like they do have like the main highway, freeways, the kind of like the, what we think like the M1, M2. Mm. But most of their roads actually curve through little villages, mm. so um, it's actually a bit scary sometimes driving. I've been there and driven with like a native, and they like just go zooming through the streets. You're like, you can't see what's coming up. This yeah. is really scary. You're gonna like hit a child, <laughs> slow down, yeah. please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they're bendy and they're not very wide. They're still pretty mm. ancient. Mm. Um, but yeah, I would totally, I would totally respond to this. If this was in Australia, I'd love to see this happen. I wonder mm. if we could like petition some local politicians, or we could build other things. Like what? Like just other cool stuff. Like really tall things. 
<laughs> I don't know. What? That makes me interested. I just, I just like <laughs> taller things. You know, for example, like uh, actually, I was at Spears Point Park last night, which mm. is here in Newcastle. I was there for just, just a brief amount of time. I had a meeting, but before that meeting, I was hanging out with a group of Japanese people from the university. You know, just hanging out with them, getting to know them, and hopefully leading them to Christ. Mm-hmm. And the at Spears Point Park, they have this massive tower slide. Oh. Like this slide that's like huge. It's like for kids. Mm-hmm. But I remember like when they first put it up, like every time I drive past, I'd be like, look how big that slide is. Like, Oh, I see what you mean. <clears throat> yeah, that would be really cool. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, like a bunch of flowers and then like a huge slide in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like then that's even something you can interact with. But I just know for me because like maybe the flowers aren't necessarily going to uh-huh. woo me, you know, but looking at a huge slide or something that you can have like a, a crazy experience with, like you can have heaps of fun with like a big swing. I feel like you secretly would be wooed by flowers. You just don't want to admit it because you don't think flowers are manly. I that see through is you. so not true. I see through you. If there is anyone who, <laughs> I, okay, I'm not going to say I'm like, if there's anyone who's like feminine, it's me, but I'm going to say like, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely not like, I'm, I'm definitely not standing here being like flowers suck and we should just <laughs> uh, like, no, like I think flowers are pretty and great. And I think nature's beautiful and amazing and awesome. But I also, at the same time, I'm just like, not necessarily. You just entirely. want a big slide. That's You're right. You're a big kid. I just want I get to it. fly down the slide. Anyway, I put on the story for you. Scientists have finally caught a glimpse of an elusive whale that literally has not been seen until now. An elusive whale. An elusive whale. This is, uh-huh. this is really cool. I mean, that Apparently, there's this saying among scientists that we know more about the surface of Mars than we do about the deepest parts of our oceans. For sure, yep. Um, yeah, and so this, <laughs> this has been about a little bit embarrassing for them because um, it took until 2022 for them to finally lay eyes on a Sato's beaked whale. So it's wow. been observed alive for the first time, I should rectify. So this is a beaked whale. It's the least studied of their kind, owing to their low surface profile, long dives, lack of visible blow, general elusiveness, and preference of oceanic shelf or deep water habitat. I love that. General elusiveness. elusiveness. They're yeah, just like, like spy sneaky whales, bro. Like, they're, like the James Bond of whales. They're like stealth whales. <laughs> like, and they're just like swimming around. So, so Sato's beaked whale has, um, yeah, been been pretty elusive for like centuries now so the japanese whaling industry hunts its cousin the bard's beaked whale and the Mm -hmm. whalers have long been aware that there was a species in the same waters that was smaller and darker skinned Uh and for years they referred to it um in in the the japanese language uh the word raven Mm -hmm. and um in 2019 actually japanese researchers confirmed scientifically this thing did exist the raven (laughs) um using dna analysis from a deceased uh a deceased whale, deceased beak whale. But it was two years later when Russian scientists studying killer whales in the choppy waters between their nation and the island of Hokkaido that they actually found a pod of 14 wow. of these whales. So, like, you know, can you imagine, like, having heard about this elusive whale for centuries, having only just two years prior found a carcass of one to definitely confirm that it exists, and then suddenly not just seeing one but seeing a pod of 14 Man, those scientists must have been so excited. So yeah. they're actually about uh, seven meters or twenty-one feet for Imperials uh, in length. Seven meters is a mm. long, long fish. Um, it seems they could remain unseen uh, so long, but the species—twenty-four species of beaked 
whales are theorized to exist, but only three are reasonably well-researched. So it seems like there's more of these elusive beaked whales. Um, yeah, so they actually then later confirmed that this was definitely the, the, uh, the whale they were looking at by a biopsy performed by via a crossbow from one of the scientists. Like, mm. They did a little shooting thing. And, uh, yeah, they're all very excited about this new whale. So go check it out. It's actually pretty cute. They have, like, a few photos. It kind of looks like a unicorn fish. Which wow. is yeah, really cool. It's like a it's like a dark. I don't know. It looks like a seal with a unicorn horn on the front. That's what the pictures look like. So look that up. Sato's beaked whale. How amazing is God's creation? You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You are listening to the Breakfast Show here on Faith FM with Lawson and Monica. And Monica, can you bring us another question for the quiz? Another quiz question. Here we go. Which one of the following is not one of the 12 tribes of Israel? I've got four options here. Mm-hmm. A, Levi, B, Malachi, C, Gad, D, Asher. Oh, this one's act. that's a trick question. What do you mean a trick question? So it's how many answers are there? One answer. No, there's two. No, there's one. There's two. There's one. There is. There's two. This is going to be one. What, what was the, read the question again. Which one of the following is not one of there's the two. 12 tribes of Israel? There's two answers. <clears throat> no, you're wrong. Like. This is going to be one of those moments where you're like, I wish I didn't say that no, one. No, no, no. 100%. <laughs> you, remember, you know those moments that you have sometimes. Oh, I totally know. But I, I am really sure that there's actually two answers in that. I'm really sure there's not. I'm going to give you a question again. Oh, 0491064669 is against the call. Um, the number to call. Uh, so which one of the following is not one of the 12 tribes of Israel? Is it A, Levi, B, Malachi, C, Gad, or D, Asher? Okay. Let's have some news. I'm just sorry. I'm just like, I'm, I'm now, I'm, now I'm questioning myself. I'm like, so yeah, sure. You could be questioning me now too. I'm like, huh? Okay. Let's have a look at some news. So I want to do a bit of a follow up. Actually, we talked about on Tuesday, uh, the Manly Seagulls and the decision. Oh yeah. The decision that they had made. Hey, Shell, was I right? Am, am I telling the truth? There's a possibility that you're right. I'm just researching now. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I, I'm. Do we need to change the question? No, no just... it's fine. It's fine. Let's leave it how no, it is. No, it's fine. As long as I've um, written it correct, I'll, I'll accept both answers. Yes. Ooh. See, I told you. Ooh, I told you, Lawson. bro. I read the Bible, man. You're up like, there. like, come on. Okay, so I wanted to follow up on the Manly Seagulls. We actually had a chat about them on air, and I was reflecting a little bit after the show. Maybe it was one of those moments where I said too much and I should change my reflection. You know, I, I kind of, like, I said, okay, the players are taking this stand, and yes, 100% it was based on their faith. We know that from, yeah. the, you know, all the information that's come out um, against uh, wearing a jersey that was promoting, um, you know, gendered and LGBT ideology. They were, there was a pride jersey. They were like, this is against my faith. And they made a stand against it by not playing. Um, and it's actually to the point, like, the the Seagulls staff themselves were scared for the players' well-being, so they told them not to come to the stadium. Um, if they're going to boycott the jersey, don't come to the stadium as well. Which is disgusting. Uh, which is... Which actually, like, that was in the player's best interest, I think, because potentially. But it's disgusting that that 
they might be at risk of violence from people who want to yeah, that's be, right. be violent towards them because they have a different opinion. Now, I was initially even... I was actually kind of hard on the players because I'm like, oh, yeah, if you're going to stand up against gay marriage, why don't you stand up against gambling and drinking? Yep. But at the same time, I think just reflecting... Uh, actually, I had a conversation with my dad about this, which made me think and reflect a little bit more. Ultimately, like, because I, I was... A, Particularly in, in gambling, I was like, but gambling is so wrong. Like, why would you still be a part of a club that supports gambling, mm. um, even though it's so against the Bible? But at the same time, like, I, I kind of step back and realize, okay, I have to respect the conviction of these people. Right. Um, if they're convicted in one sense and not convicted in another sense. That's and, not for you to say. And also, like, if I'm like, okay, well, what's closer to biblical truth is, you know, the, the Bible is against gambling. I should kind of love them to that opinion mm-hmm. and that truth rather than slam them into it. Yeah. And so like, I was just reflecting, I was thinking, okay, but look, ultimately they're taking a stand against something that they, you know, don't support because of their faith. And that is actually a good thing. Yeah. Like it is a good thing. Like that is, that it's actually a good thing and I should respect it for what it is. And I think what was actually really comforting to see. So you had Manly fans show up to the stadium from both sides. Uh, you had some, you know, donning the pride rainbow and whatnot. You had other fans um, carrying signs that said, respect the Manly seven hashtag inclusion. Yeah. Nice. Uh, respect, Amen. respect the conscience of the Manly seven hashtag diversity, respect the faith of the Manly seven ha- hashtag inclusion. Like, you know, this kind of thing, ultimately saying, okay, we're going to be inclusive to all. Yeah. These people have a faith and a religious belief that is counter to a very recent ideology. And you should mm-hmm. respect that because right. it's not illegal to hold those views. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is like culturally okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, this was, this is what was shared. And, and it was actually cool to see that, um, yeah, that the fans showed up. I like that. And on both sides and that there wasn't any rowdiness or fighting or terribleness against them, but there was actually kind of a, a unity despite the adverse position that the club is in. Now, um, the club, you know, Manly played the Roosters and they lost. Obviously, they're missing like seven players. Schadenfreude. Yeah, that's right. So they, they lost to the Roosters and the Roosters are a good team as well. You know, like the Roosters are, are a high caliber team and they only lost like 2010, which is like, you know, maybe people if like seven players down. You're expecting like, obviously, there wasn't say, seven less players on the field, but they had to bring in their reserves and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, like 10 points. Like, and it wasn't even 10 nil, it was like 20 to 10. So that was scoring as well. Like, it could have been a 50 nil loss. You know, that's Newcastle Knights style, bro. Like, so my team's in Newcastle Knights and they are struggling. Like, they've struggled for years and years and years. But yeah, like, 20 to 10 isn't a bad score. So I'm like, yeah, good for them. But it was just good to see that they still had support from the fans, regardless of what side of the spectrum of this issue that they were on. So, and again, I have to respect the players who have stood up for their convictions. Um, obviously, again, like my opinion, my, my opinion, my, my personal opinion is like, okay, but there's other issues with the sport of NRL that should be stood up against. Um, but, you know, Look, they have the right to stand where their conscience lies, and they've done so. And uh, as a result, I think I think it's been a blessing. I think it's been a witness. Yeah, so, amen. Praise the Lord for these guys. And yeah. um, look, if you guys have any opinions, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Let us know what you think about what went down on Thursday night. Yeah, and good on them for for doing what they did because it would have been very difficult. 
mm. you know, the thought that they might be throwing away their careers and, That's right. and their livelihood. Their livelihood. And, um, yeah, it's, it's brave of them. And I, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. What they did. And also I love to see the kind of balanced perspective from the club as well. Obviously this is an agenda that they want to push is the LGBT ideology, um, and you know, pride and whatnot. Uh, but at the same time, they've recognized the mistakes that they've made and they've actually valued the players more than their ideology. Yeah, good. Um, they've said, okay, look, we had this ideology. And and again, you know, if you said, oh, they value the players more than their ideology and we're talking about some issue of like a player beating up his wife or something like that, mm. you know, th- no, th- like beating up your wife is a crime. Domestic yeah. violence is a crime. Yeah. Um, not being in support of LGBT is not a crime. That's right. It's it, especially based on your faith. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a crime. And so, uh, but the club has said, Hey, look, we made a wrong step on this issue. Not necessarily because we decided to, you know, um, be in support of pride and gay pride. Um, but rather because we didn't consult the players beforehand. And so we actually respect, um, their stepping down, mm-hmm. um, from this game and we want to support them into the future as yeah. a club. So, I think that that I think ultimately a wholesome ending has come out of this. Obviously, there will be people who are you know upset by their move. There will be people in support of their move. Um, but yeah, I think that like in in reflection and especially personally in reflection, I'm like praise the Lord, praise the Lord for their witness and and hopefully going forward, um, yeah, this can be used as an opportunity to share Christ with people. That's that's the only thing we can hope for. Oh man. Okay. We've got a minute and a half left and I wanted to talk about inflation in the United States, which is a huge topic because a bill has just been brought in by Joe Biden to spend around $739 billion, um, solving the problem of inflation and supporting elderly people. Now, he has decided, Joe Biden and the, you know, the Democrats have decided to solve the problem of inflation by increasing corporate taxes. Oh, wow. Uh, which, like the okay, so the only way inflation is solved is if there stops being the production of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there is constant production of money in the United States because everyone is in debt and has no ability to to make more money. So they're constantly borrowing. Ever since two thousand eight, they dropped the interest rate down to zero for lending money, and so companies and the government themselves are now running on completely borrowed money. Like like trillions and trillions of dollars. In fact, more money has come into existence in the last 20 years um, than in the previous 2000 years. Like there is, I think like, a, like, like we've doubled our money in the last 20 years than the previous 2000 years, essentially. Um, and this has resulted in inflation. Now, Joe Biden has said, okay, we're going to solve this problem by um, taxing corporations more, but corporations are not profitable anymore. Yeah, and they're just going to pass it on to consumers. They're just they're they're bo- that's the problem is that everyone is borrowing money. So I'm 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 looking at this and I'm like, wow, what are signs of the times that we are so massively in debt that we have literally nothing we can do about it? You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're going to have another clue for the quiz and. I've kind of brought up some contention. We've been we've been trying to hotly debating the last this, question. Not this one out. I've had people text me as well about their perspective. Like we've had Lyle call into the studio. But hey, let's have a, another question for the quiz. In which book of the Bible is the vision of the wheel within a wheel? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call. In which book of the Bible is the vision of the wheel within a wheel? Well, right now we have an interview, a pre-recorded interview coming up with Christine about bowels, health. It's amazing. But hey, let's have a listen to that right now. 
And joining us on the phone this morning is Christina Stucking. Uh, Christina has been a colon hydrotherapist for about the last 20 years, which is a pretty significant amount of experience, I would say. Uh, Christina, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Well, Nice to be here to chat with you. Now, Christina, when we talk about the colon, we're talking about, I guess, I'm just sort of thinking, is this the largest organ in the body? It is. Okay, so we're talking about the uh, largest organ in the body, but usually when we talk about health, we talk about heart and lungs and those kinds of things, and we kind of actually avoid talking about our colon. Why is that? Well, they call it the forgotten organ, and people just, whatever's out of sight is out of mind, and I think we prefer to just forget about it because, you know, there is some embarrassment associated with it, obviously, with gas and bloating and, you know, visits to the toilet, so people just prefer to turn a blind eye. It's where all the bad smells come from. Yes, and all the embarrassing memories of uh, having let one of those bad smells go at an inopportune moment. <laughs> That's right, but it is a topic that needs to be discussed. And I have a little joke that I say it it should not be a taboo subject, not a taboo, a taboo subject. <laughs> <laughs> taboo subject. Okay, so this is the breakfast show here on Faith FM. While you're enjoying your breakfast this morning, this is what we do. We talk about the colon because that's really important. Hey, um, you know, we talk about the heart and the lungs and, you know, those kinds of organs that are up there in the in the chest cavity, hiding away behind the ribs and, you know, somebody gets, you know, heart disease or whatever it might be and we're super concerned for them. Um, how important is the colon compared to, say, some of these other organs of our body? Well, you know, cancer can stem from the bowel and, and many Australians do die from cancer, um, specifically colon cancer, and it's a very preventable cancer, so that's good to know. And basically, you know, nothing will work unless our digestive system functions adequately. So when we think about digestion, we normally think about, you know, chewing, the, the breaking down of the food and that part of the process and then the assimilation where we're absorbing the nutrition from our food. But we don't often understand the, the importance of the elimination part of the digestive process. So, you know, what goes up must come down. So what comes in needs to come out. And most people have no concept as to what should be happening and what constitutes uh, optimal colon health. So if we just break it down simplify it. It makes a lot of sense once you speak about it and uh, motivates people to, you know, make some simple changes that can improve this aspect of your health, which then has an impact on our whole body and our mind as we learn about, you know, the strong connection between the gut health and our brain. So the gut-brain connection, which is medically proven now, something that we've known as colon hydrotherapy uh, therapists for decades through anecdotal experience with clients and, you know, the benefits that they receive from improving their colon health and from colon hydrotherapy. Um, and so basically, you know, if we're not eliminating properly, um, there are a lot of consequences. So if we eat, say, two to three meals a day, we should be going to the toilet two to three times a day for number two bowel motion. And most people feel that one is sufficient they don't feel as though they're constipated because they they think that's normal. But from our experience as in the clinic, we understand that what's normal to somebody may not be normal. They think it's normal because it's normal to them. But until they come to the clinic and we get a chance to chat with them about what really should be happening, 
they're aghast to think, oh, wow, okay. But they realise after we speak a little while that, yeah, it, it's true. And and they they have, um, you know, um, side effects. So they get gas and bloating. They have, you know, indigestion. This is from even going to the toilet once a day. Um, they can have lower back pain uh, because the bowel, the lower bowel, once food comes in from the small intestine, it has to get out down in the end, but it, it actually can't go back into the small intestine. So I believe, you know, God has designed our body in an amazing way. So, yeah, we don't, God obviously doesn't want the stool to leave the large bowel and come back into the small intestine. So what comes in at the top, you know, the peristalsis muscle is moving it towards the end. And we want to get it out as quickly as possible because if we don't, like I said, people are, are having these negative effects and they just live with them. They think it's normal to feel bloated, um, to have foggy thinking, low in energy, um, you know, even libido issues, um, just dehydration, the list goes on. Um, not just specifically colon health issues like colitis or Crohn's or things like that. It can actually lead to really serious complications such as neurological disorders. So it includes, you know, um, MS. Uh, Parkinson's, really serious consequences which have now been medically proven. So we have been told in the past that MS and Parkinson's cause constipation because people that suffer with these serious diseases are constipated. But it's in fact been proven now that it's the opposite way and it's actually when our bowels aren't functioning and stool matter is banking up in our system, the toxins accumulate and they affect our brain, which is the head of our neural, you know, our nervous system. And so, yeah, we can be susceptible to these really serious diseases. So, yeah, there is just to give one study, which is fascinating. And, you know, people can really dive into it and research it further. But there is examples of how when they give mice, the healthy mice, they give mice the gut flora from humans that have Parkinson's disease and the mice that are healthy end up with Parkinson's disease. But not only that, when they give the mice who have Parkinson's disease the gut flora from healthy humans who have healthy gut microbiome, the mice no longer have Parkinson's disease. Yeah, wow, this is incredible. It is incredible stuff. So people don't give much of a thought to it. They, they think, you know, it's not that important. But like you said, all the other organs are very important too. But like, you know, God says to us, the body is constituted by a myriad of different um, organs or, you know, fingers and the, the, the feet and it all functions together. So mm. everything is important. But our blood is actually, you know, the Bible also says that the life is in the blood. So if our blood is toxic, then our thinking will will have thinking, thinking, you know, and the bowel, like when you think about the small intestine, the small intestine, everybody understands that that's where our nutrition is absorbed. And where is it absorbed? Into our blood. And that's how we get our nutrition. And that's why we need to chew well, break down the food, and not drink with our meals because we need the acid to just digest the food, and then it gets absorbed in the small intestines. And there's six to seven meters of the small intestines, but it's narrow. That's why they call it the small intestine. 
um, so that the food comes in contact with the lining of the bowel and gets absorbed into the blood. But then it leaves the small intestine and comes into the large intestine, which is also called the large colon. And then it can't go back. So that's that ileocecal valve where, you know, food matter comes in. It's sort of like food still in the, when it comes from the small intestine. So there's no stool. There should be no poo in the small intestine. But the fact that we now have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, overgrowth, which is SIBO or SIBO, that means that we're in a pretty dire situation because Normally, we should only be having colon health issues in the large colon, not the small colon. Mm. So, because there's so much bacteria in the large intestine, it's it's it is being forced like backwards into the small intestine. So then, we're getting a, a lot of issues. So they can be corrected with diet and things like that. But um, so yeah, like when when the food is entering into the large intestine, the action of the bacteria turns it into, you know, it becomes like stool. And uh, basically, you know, imagine a compost bin, and I've been saying this to people recently, you know, we're mainly vegan, but we call ourselves flexitarians. We're definitely vegetarians, but we might have some organic eggs or some, you know, goat feta cheese occasionally. And if we're out, we like to be flexible because we want to enjoy our life and have a lifestyle and not be too stressed about these strict, you know, rules. Um, because, yeah, we just want to enjoy, and it's what you do most of the time that will bless or curse us. But, you know, once the bowel, you know, the food is coming in, we, we really need it to um, yeah, get out of the system. But because it's sitting there for too long, imagine the compost bin analogy, like I just mentioned. We're putting vegan food into a compost bin, right? And even vegan food... Like so, vegans can benefit from colon hydrotherapy even because and, and colon health improvements because you know the food in a compost bin is toxic and horrible and smelly after two days in our kitchen, and it grows mold and bacteria and fungi and you know we have candida in our system which is you know rife because of sugar and fermentation and alcohol and stress and. You know, it just causes a myriad of issues that, that can easily be, you know, corrected and removed. But uh, so if if we think about it, the compost bin on our colon, our body temperature is 37 degrees. This is a little bit hard-hitting for the breakfast show. <laughs> we'll be leaving. I understand. But hopefully they can strengthen themselves because but, um, in, in the colon, our body is 37 degrees. So imagine if we eat one to three meals a day, if if you mash up all the food on that one plate per meal, you can easily make a sausage full of food. And that's what should be coming out. So three football soft stools should be coming out every day. And that's just mind-blowing for most people. But when you're vegetarian, obviously, and hydrating well and exercising, it's not an issue, at least twice, you know? Um yeah, and so so just if I could, so, if I could jump yeah. in for a second in your experience of yeah. you know with with colon hydrotherapy, um, you mentioned that a lot of people think that you know um, passing emotion once a day is normal. Um, do you have people that are coming in that are passing emotion? And, and you're pointing out, of course, that's not normal. That normal is passing emotion for each meal. Yeah. 
uh, that each meal yeah. goes through the digestive process. Do you have people coming? Do you see people that um, that that are passing motions less than once a day and still thinking it's normal? Good question. And yes, so most people think uh, every second day is normal, or at least once a day. But we see people that go weekly once. I've seen people that go once every fortnight, and I have seen some people incredibly going once a month. Mm. And those people, after one colonic, their bowels have been opening once every three days. That's, so, a, that's a big. That's a big improvement, right there. Yes, yes, it is. It's just it's water. Our body's full of water, and the stool. What happens to the stool if it sits there for too long is, like I was saying, with the small intestine, the blood's reabsorbing nutrition. But God's designed us not to go like ducks, so the blood is designed to reabsorb some of the moisture from the stool so that we can mercifully hold off till we find a toilet. But because most of us are dehydrated, we get the stool dries out and it, it blocks it in there and just sits in it for too long. So then the blood's reabsorbing what's in the compost bin, toxic, toxic material. When you so, talk about most of us being dehydrated, yeah. We generally hear about eight glasses of water a day. That's uh, that's what we're talking about for hydration. It it was news to me some time ago with my training and everything with natural therapy uh, that it depends on how big our body is and how much we weigh. So and that makes sense right there. You know, sure. you understand that a bigger person has more cells in the body than a smaller person. So yeah, I, I imagine. And it tried to explain each cell in our body as like a little pond. So imagine a creek that stops flowing. Um, when that stops flowing, it becomes stagnant and mossy and green and smelly. And nice. so there's no life there. And it's not a very welcoming environment. But once the creek starts flowing again, that pond becomes less stagnant. And then there's clear water again. And there's life there. So... When we're dehydrated, the blood cells are not able to, yeah, cleanse. And so, like I was saying before, the Bible says that the life is in the blood. So if our blood isn't healthy because we're dehydrated and then the blood is absorbing toxins from the bowel, you know, we're just not going to have a good life. We won't be able to be happy or healthy or achieve the goals that we want and we'll have a shortened life and suffer as a consequence. So... Yeah, it's, but the one thing about hydration, just on that point, and while is uh, I used to drink a lot of water when I met Adventists in Bavenus 20 years ago. Um, you know, I was unwell, I had glandular fever. I didn't know anything about healthy living. Um, my dad was European background, uh, so I, I went to eat like lentils, and you know, we were eating fruit and salads, but we ate lots of refined foods, we were eating meat. I never drank water. Um, I never understood the simple concept that what we eat is what we are. Mm. He just never joined the dots to think that our food had such an impact that it causes the diseases that we suffer with, like arthritis and, you know, you name it. So we know now that inflammation you know, causes disease and it just manifests itself where we have a genetic predisposition. But, you know, so basically, yeah, becoming an Adventist, I learned about hydrating and I did drink water and I felt bloated and uncomfortable at first, but after two weeks I started to feel a lot better. 
um, my brother-in-law um, had fallen over and damaged his back and couldn't work for two years. And we met um, a couple of barriers to court. And, you know, they were, they become Adventists and got into the health message and were providing some massage and colon hydrotherapy and they, they helped us get back on our feet. So within, um, my brother-in-law, after a vegan diet, uh, was riding motorbikes again. You know, we went vegan for six months as a detox and we learned about, you know, looking after your body and, um, we stopped smoking cigarettes and we started drinking water and we stopped drinking coffee and we stopped drinking soft drinks and, and we just got better and better and, all of the problems that we had dissipated. But the one thing that was missing for me was after 15 years of eating a vegetarian diet, I should have been alkaline, but I was actually acidic because I had some joint pain. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how can I have arthritis at 30-something? I'm eating an alkaline diet. I'm quite health conscious. I don't understand. And I, and I had um, you know, foggy thinking and I had tiredness and acne, even though I was eating well. But... The, the main thing that was missing was electrolytes. So electrolytes enable the cell wall to actually absorb the water. So imagine like coconut water has you know, magnesium, um, potassium, sodium and chloride, so they're the four electrolytes, and that enables the water to cross the cell membrane to get into the cell so that that pond can then be flushed out but we can be drinking lots of water and thinking that we're hydrating, but that water is not getting in to clean out the pond. So it skirts around the edge of the cell and we urinate a lot and we also sweat it out and it's not actually getting in. And so that's why I had my joint pain. So within three days of adding some Celtic sea salt or Himalayan pink salt, just a pinch per glass of water, that got rid of my joint pain. And then I had sinus. Yeah, I had sinusitis all my life, and and that went within six weeks. And I I coughed up a lot of. Again, it's not a very good system. We copied, but I, I did eliminate a lot of mucus, which means that I had a lot of inflammation in the body. Mm. And then I could breathe out of my sinuses, and you know, my bowel started working just by doing adding a little bit of that good mineral salt to all of our water. Mm-hmm. Not too much. It shouldn't taste salty. That really makes a massive difference and will help colon health. Christina, we're way out of time. And I'm oh, sorry. You're <laughs> so interesting to listen to. I'm sure I could sit here. <laughs> well, we could sit here and listen to you talk about this subject all day long. <laughs> um, there are a couple of takeaways, though, that I'd like That's to summarize. And one of them is to stay hydrated, hydrated according to your body size. Size, add a bit of that yes. uh, pink Himalayan salt in the, into the water from time to time. And yep. uh, make sure that your that your digestive system is eliminating uh, once per meal. Um, those would probably be some good takeaways from today. Um, keep your gut health good. Christina, thank you so much for joining us here on The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.